As the world scrambles to contain the coronavirus, robots have moved to the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic, assuming a critical role in keeping us safe and helping us cope with life at a distance. From the social robots making our everyday lives a little easier, to the robot scientists helping solve the biggest challenges in chemistry, robots are adapting to the crisis in ways humans can't. And even though they're often considered a threat to humans, when it comes to confronting COVID-19, robots actually are on our side. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about the rise of telepresence technology in the age of COVID-19, helping us combat the negative effects of social distancing while keeping us safer at home. Social robots have become a crucial new tool for everyday life during the coronavirus pandemic. Our second story is about the potential for new autonomous robot chemists that can complete tasks up to 1,000 times faster than human scientists. As we chase an effective vaccine against COVID-19, the latest advancements in lab robotics offer hope in the race against time, freeing up scientists to make important new discoveries. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, how the rise of telepresence robots could combat key social distancing challenges and help keep more people safe at home. Greetings, friends. Greetings, whatever the hell you are. I am a mobile virtual presence device. Recent events have demonstrated to me that my body is too fragile to endure the vicissitudes of the world. Until such time as I am able to transfer my consciousness, I shall remain in a secure location and interact with the world in this manner. Seemingly prepared for the coronavirus since last decade, it turns out Sheldon Cooper was ahead of the times. This 2010 episode of The Big Bang Theory was one of the public's first look at a telepresence robot when fictional character Sheldon Cooper, played by Jim Parsons, rides into the room as a robot, rolling in on remote-controlled machinery as an iPad-type tablet projected his face. He was communicating from the next room so as to not catch any germs. A punchline 10 years ago, it sounds perfectly reasonable in 2020. As millions adopt video chat tools like Zoom to stay connected during the pandemic, the telepresence market is finally having a moment. FaceTime dates and Zoom happy hours have done their parts to keep us connected from afar. But the authors of this study argue that interacting with physical robots could help even more. Telepresence robots are essentially kind of like Zoom on wheels. Your face appears on a tablet-like device that's attached to the body of a robot. This is as you get zoomed in through a video conferencing system. And voila, a germ-free and safe way to transport yourself into the office, a friend or loved one's home, or even to a graduation event. Congratulations, Julie. We're so proud of you. Thank you so much, Dr. Kagram. It's my pleasure and honor to be receiving this uh, award today. Well, you're always going to be part of the Thunderbird Global family. Come and let's take a photo. Thunderbird School of Global Management, a part of Arizona State University, experienced a digital commencement in May 2020. Each student went to their graduation via a mobile telepresence robot, which they were able to control and move around while viewing the graduation from their computers at home. 
Researchers believe this tablet-on-a-pole idea could do wonders for communication in the age of social distancing. Here to talk more about how these mobile robots can save social distancing is Inverse's Sarah Wells. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. First, we're increasingly seeing examples that have long existed, but what, what are some of the telepresence tech that's already made its way to the market? Yeah, so um, kind of within this study, we're talking about telepresence as in robots, but you can also kind of think of telepresence as like the video conferencing, you know, that we've all been doing um, during this pandemic. So anything from like teletherapy to like, you know, Zoom happy hour with friends. Um, But when it comes to more of kind of like the robotic examples, one particular one that I thought was cute and interesting um, happened in Japan in April. There's this company called New Me, and they designed these telepresence robots that were basically like pool noodle sticks with tablet heads. Um, And they dressed them up in graduation gowns so that students could kind of, you know, virtually roll across the stage and get their diplomas. I wouldn't say that's widespread, but it is, you know, definitely already happening. So how does this report further get into how these telepresence robots can really help with social distancing? They were kind of talking about telepresence robots as, I guess, kind of a supplement to video conferencing, Um, you know, which again, as we can, as we know from doing it is better than not talking to anyone, but it's still not really the same as having, you know, someone in your home to interact with. So I think the argument here is that telepresence robots, because there's a physical entity that you're interacting with, kind of promotes a little more social and, you know, possibly physical activity than just a video conference. One issue that COVID-19 has pushed to the forefront is that of mental health. Interestingly, that's one really notable way that telepresence robots can and have been coming through, right? Yeah. One thing that they were talking about in this study is kind of, again, kind of a supplement to help alleviate some of the healthcare burden from these teletherapy sessions. And they were speaking to people who, you know, might be having newly emerging mental health struggles during the pandemic that might be hard to diagnose. They were saying that a telepresence robot, for example, could kind of live in your home with you and monitor those symptoms and then help connect you with Um, you know, the right professionals from there. This also opens the door to alleviating other new challenges, education for one. It's been a huge challenge in the wake of COVID-19. How have these robots managed to to help with that cause? Yeah, again, talking about video conferencing, we don't always like to do it. And kids in particular, it can be hard to get them to sit down and interact with their class through a screen for, you know, eight hours a day. Um, So kind of, again, with these, you know, more physical robots in their home, this could be an opportunity for more like social development, which is, you know, particularly important for young kids. And then they're also saying that this could be used as a form of even like emotional learning. There's more kind of emotionally intelligent software in the robot as well. You know, oftentimes robots are seen as, you know, some kind of enemy to the workforce. But how do these researchers argue that telepresence tech could actually return people to the workforce after COVID-19? Because that seems to be a big case that they're making. 
So this one is a little bit counterintuitive. What they were suggesting with telepresence robots in this situation is that they could be used to either screen candidates for a new job or, once hired, train candidates for a new job, as opposed to having them come in for in-person training, which, you know, isn't necessarily safe right now. But with this kind of path, this is the one that's a little more uncertain. And I think the researchers mentioned in their study that kind of the difference between, you know, a video conference to do this and a telepresence robot to do this isn't totally clear. And they also said that in order to make a telepresence robot extremely effective in a situation like this, they might need a little more kind of like soft skills. And that's still coming. Is truly integrating this type of tech into our lives still too much of a challenge at this point? How do we see more widespread adoption of this type of technology? Yeah. So what I thought was interesting is part of what the researcher said is that, um, you know, there's obviously still a computer science research component that needs to be developed. You know, we still need more refined, more sophisticated algorithms um, to kind of realize this this future in full. But also, they were saying that, you know, we're going to have to look at, you know, our daily interactions and our daily lives and see where would a telepresence robot really have the most impact? Because it's not going to necessarily be a one-size-fit-all, and it might not have the same amount of impact in one scenario as the other. So, yeah, I think in terms of integrating, it's going to be part research and kind of, you know, part studying ourselves as well, which is always interesting in robotics. Very good. Sarah covers... This and all things robotics at inverse.com. You can head there for more. Thanks so much, Sarah. Yeah, of course. Coronavirus has highlighted a well-known fact in the scientific community, but not often recognized by the public at large. The scientific process, often time-consuming and tedious. Up next, how robot scientists have solved one of the biggest challenges in chemistry. COVID-19 outbreak has seen more facility owners tapping on robot cleaners in shopping centers, hotels, and other buildings. The company SK Telecom has developed a robot that can enforce public health regulations. Restaurants are turning to robots in places they can't use human employees. The lab at UC Berkeley is using robots now to turn around results in just a matter of hours. Coronavirus has highlighted a fact well-known in the scientific community. Robots aren't just an innovative fad, but an essential tool in helping us navigate through the new world of COVID-19. The chemistry lab in particular becomes a site desperately in need of any technology that can speed up its process. A process that can prove to be a monotonous time suck for scientists. Lucky for them, researchers have designed a brand new autonomous robot chemist. Introduced in a study published July 2020 in the journal Nature, this robot was made at the University of Liverpool and with human-like proportions, it can fit into any lab, work for 20 days straight and complete tasks up to 1,000 times faster than any human. Lead researcher on the study, Andrew Cooper, tells Inverse that this new robotic companion stands apart from other types of scientific robots in one crucial way. Systems up until now, they're built to do a particular thing. They're basically hardwired. This is a different idea. We've, we've, we've automated the researcher, so it's a robot that uses instruments like a human. In that sense, it's fundamentally different. So, since the robot is not limited to any single task, it can potentially be more useful and flexible in a lab setting. 
In order to better facilitate communication between these robots and their human counterparts, Cooper says they're now working to include features like voice recognition and increased intelligence. So I think something we'd love to do in the future is to have robots working with robots in a global network. And then the second thing is to increase the intelligence of the robot so it actually knows more about the chemistry that it's doing. Give it more chemical intelligence, that's another step. I think this technology is very good for, for collaboration. It's modular and it can make things more standardized and more reproducible, which is something that robotics has been used for in the past. Joining us now with more is Sarah Wells, who wrote all about this for Inverse. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Good. Always, always happy to chat. Yeah. So this, uh, your stories are always so fascinating to me because speeding up the scientific process without sacrificing accuracy, you know, that's clearly been a dream scientists have chased for years. So who took hold of this dream finally? Where and how did this robot come to be? So the team behind this robot um, is a group of material scientists and engineers from the University of Liverpool in the UK. And this robot has been under you know, development for at least a couple years now, but it's just the paper that has recently come out. Um, and what's interesting is that, like you said, in addition to speeding up research, which is, you know, it's always nice to have fast research, but something that's also particularly relevant about this robot now is kind of the socially distant aspect of it. You can kind of set it up and let it go. They didn't plan for that when they were originally, you know, designing this robot, but it proves that it could be beneficial in the future. Right. So in putting this into action through this study, what was the robot asked to accomplish and how well did things go? How did it perform? So in this study, they were having the robot help them discover um, a new form or a new kind of photocatalyst, which is basically a light-enabled chemical substance that can be used um, in a lot of green technology in the replace of fossil fuels. And then so what the robot did basically to accomplish this is after the researchers themselves set up different parameters, for example, like what chemicals you were going to use or even what question it was asking, it itself autonomously explored 98 million variants of experiments that it could conduct within this question space. And then separately from that, explored five different hypotheses of you know what was happening in the chemistry that I was looking at. And then in the end, it was able to discover a photocatalyst that was six times more reactive than ones that had been previously discovered. It's funny, despite, you know, I don't think anyone fears robots are going to replace scientists anytime soon, but could you see this as an essential tool, an assistant? How big a deal could this be in terms of changing the game in the lab? Yeah, what when I was talking with the lead researcher from, from the study, what he was telling me is that, like you said, you know, it's not going to replace scientists. But what it will do is by kind of giving more autonomy to these robots to do these different tasks, it will free up the researchers to do some of the more important, you know, critical human thinking that takes place in science and kind of ask bigger, different questions and then kind of work collaboratively with these robots to accomplish and explore those ideas. Is there still concern? accounting for any lack of crucial human elements, you know, something that always comes up with these conversations. How might research further perfect things so, you know, we can see this as a viable presence in a lab someday? I think with this robot, I don't know if I would be too worried about, I guess, it kind of, you know, going off the rails in terms of what it's doing. Because while it is 
performing these experiments autonomously, the parameters are still being set by the human scientists. And it's not, you know, left alone in the lab for days or anything like that. In a way, it almost kind of adds additional human elements. Something that was interesting when I spoke with the researcher is he was telling me that say like a robot in Liverpool could be, you know, via the cloud connected to the very same robot in Japan. And that would allow those different research teams to interact and collaborate in a way that maybe, you know, they weren't necessarily able to before. So I think it can really maybe augment some of those human elements too. Yeah. Super interesting stuff. Full story is at inverse.com. Thanks so much, Sarah. Of course. Head to Inverse.com to read more about the latest robotic discoveries. You can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening.